0: So, uh, I did Christian response to nationalism. The purpose of my presentation is to examine nationalism as a cultural issue and contrast contrast it to Christianity so that the distinctions and and defense of Christianity are made evident. In order to accomplish this purpose, this presentation will be developed by considering what nationalism is a brief history of nationalism, the problems of nationalism in the past and the present, and the Christian response to nationalism. Um, First, let us look at what nationalism is. Lewis Snyder, in his book, The Meaning of Nationalism, defined the term with a detailed description in four areas. They were the actual historical process. Um, This is nationalism, stands for the actual historical process of establishing nationalities as political units, of building out of tribes and empires the modern institute of the national state. The second one is a theory. From this point of view, nationalism indicates the theory, principle, or ideal implicit in the actual historical process. The third one is, uh, concerns political activities. Nationalism may mean the activities of a particular political party combining the historical process and political theory. And then, for the purpose of this presentation, we will focus primarily on nationalism as a sentiment. <coughs> nationalism may, be descri- or may describe a condition of mind among members of a nationality in which loyalty, to the ideal or the fact of one's national state becomes superior to all other loyalties, and which pride is exhibited in the intrinsic excellence and in the mission of one's national state." Um, George Orwell put it this way. By nationalism, I mean, first of all, the habit of assuming that human beings can be classified like insects, and that whole blocks of millions or tens of millions of people can be confidently labeled good or bad. But secondly, and this is much more important, I mean the habit of identifying oneself as a single nation or other duty than that of advancing its interests. Um, But nationalism is more than patriotism. Patriotism is the passion and, injustice and influence that prompt an individual to serve the object of his devotion. Nationalism holds that, that same nation above all other nations, becoming the end-all be-all of man, far surpassing any ethical goal of, goal of human beings on earth. The difference between, between patriotism and nationalism lies in the fact that while they both dis- describe the love and devotion one has for their country. Nationalism holds the nation above all else, exalting them to the highest rung of the ladder and in opposition to all other nations." Now let's look at the history of nationalism. In the 17th century, the Puritan Revolution of England played a huge role in nationalism. England became the leader in many different areas And it was this newfound confidence, coupled with the Calvinist influence of the Old Testament, that gave way to the new nationalism in which the English people identified with ancient Israel. In the 18th century, as the Puritans settled in America, they brought brought with them this newfound belief that caused them to fight for liberty and individual rights as a nation. This, in turn, led to the French Revolution where it was stated by the Constitutional Bishop of Paris that there should no longer be any public worship other than that of liberty and holy equality. This came right on the heels of Marine Joseph Sinar proposing the formal establishment of an exclusively lay religion called La Petite. Petite. Throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, nationalism began to rapidly spread, pulling people away from Christian churches with religion only supplementing and reinforcing the other beliefs and prejudices of the time. This same thought had spread throughout much of the known world, moving from Germany and Russia during World War I and Asia and Africa and all throughout the Middle East by World War II. In most recent times, the U.S. In the U.S., we see the most evident example in Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign and his vow to make America great again. One columnist, columnist stated, "Trump is marketing on American an American nation brand for the 21st century, a place where the right kinds of Americans feel they might belong." It is not a new trick just in our history. Mm. Trump's agenda has been compared with that of Ronald Reagan saying that Reagan's American, America was optimistic while Trump's is angry. Mm. Now we have looked at a brief overview of history, of the history of nationalism. Let's look at its two major problems. I will break these down further in the next few slides. Um, first, let's look at nationalism as a religion. This idea first took hold in the late 18th to 19th century in Europe. Nationalism had slowly begun to replace Christian worship. There were many aspects of religion that nationalism held on to. Let's look at what I mean by this. It's God. The nation itself becomes the God in which the people place their trust and dependence on, the mission. It is driven by salvation and immortality. Salvation doesn't sound too bad, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem was that it was the reliance on the nation for for that salvation rather than God. The temple. All religions must have places of worship for their gods. Nationalism is no different. In the case of the U.S., One might say that this place of worship would be the White House or maybe Washington, D.C. Icons. Religions have symbols in which they use as a sign of commitment to their God. In the case of nationalism, this would possibly be a flag of one's own own nation. Um, Rituals and songs. Nationalists have particular patriotic songs that they sing just as Christians sing hymns to their God. And Theology whoop I don't know what I just did. Okay. <laughs> theology and doctrine. Almost every nationalistic movement has some form of official doctrine which comes from its forefathers and guides the movement much like the Bible does for Christians. For the United States it would be like the Constitution or Declaration of Independence now let's look at the second problem of nationalism Christian nationalism in modern times we see these same aspects overflowing into Christianity Christian nationalism has four basic premises America holds a special place in God's plan God has chosen America to lead the world the United States was founded as a Christian nation and it is important to preserve the nation's religious heritage. According to a poll conducted by the Public Re- Religion Research Institute in June of 2015, 62% of Americans either completely agree or mostly agree that God has granted America a special role in human history. And 33% said, being a Christian. Was very important to being truly American. 52%. 30, 33%. 33. Hmm. Each one of these statements shows how even Christians are putting their nation above God and how skewed our view of the gospel can become. So, what is our Christian response? Before we go directly into, into our response as Christians, I think it's important that we understand what it is that God has done in us and what it means to be a Christian or a disciple of Christ. And I'm going to use those terms interchangeably. So what is a, what is a disciple of Christ? In Ephesians 2, Paul reminds them that they were still in their sins. In verse uh, 1. And then, but also he reminds them in verses 4 through 6 that he didn't leave them there. Um, I'll read this passage for us. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. But by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with, with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. But what does this mean for us? Paul answers this in verses 19 and 20 by telling us that we are no longer aliens, but fellow citizens. He also states back up in verse 10 that we are his workmanship. Because we are his workmanship, he gave us a mission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which we should all know well, so I am not going to read Um... But notice the term all. Galatians three twenty-six through twenty-eight sheds some light on this. For Christ for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. But there's another challenge that comes with this mission from God. There's a cost to pay. So the cost of discipleship. Um, and no, I'm not talking about a monetary cost. Mm-hmm. Um, for the sake of time, I will once again probably not read the Scriptures. Um, But Luke nine twenty three and Luke fourteen twenty six through twenty seven both bring out the point that we must deny our own desires and die to them as well as our families. But what are we supposed to do with this? Galatians two twenty sums it up by telling us that as as a disciple of Christ or a Christian, we must understand our calling from God to die to ourselves and to be participants in the mission of God to take the gospel to all the world with no distinctions. Before we begin to dive into our specific response, let me remind you of our definition. This particular one was by Carlton J.H. Hayes. The belief that one's own nationality or national state has such intrinsic worth and excellence as to require one to be loyal to it above every other thing, and particularly to bestow upon it what accounts to supreme religious worship. So what is God calling us to deny as disciples of Christ? And how does nationalism size up with this call? Remember that we determined that the gospel is for all. But look again at what it is that nationalism as a Christian nationalist says. Nationalism says, only my nation. Mm. God values America above others. Mm. Americans hold a higher place in God's plan. Mm. God granted us salvation through the gospel. Let's look at Romans 1 Romans 1.16 for i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes to the jew first and also to the to the greek notice it was god's power that was gained that we gained salvation with no distinctions if we subscribe to the nationalism agenda we must deny that god is truthful and granting his salvation to all mankind. How do you think that the, world, that the world would view a Christian who held this view? When the world sees Christians practicing nationalism, they see disunity. We cannot exalt ourselves and still be unified with all others. And Jesus prayed for this very thing in one of his final prayers before going to the cross for our sake. In John 17, 22, it reads, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they, may also, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. This was obviously extremely important to Jesus. Many times nationalism leads to a feeling of the need to defend oneself, which also leaves a negative view of Christians in the world's eye. Romans 12:19 speaks into this idea. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. It is not the place of a nation to seek vengeance on another nation. Nations are made up of people and therefore the same concept applies. But I believe that there is more to this idea. Matthew 5:43 through 44 speaks of the call to a higher standard of love as a disciple. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. John thirteen thirty four through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. When we have this, we are living out our faith. But what does this look like? This is love not only for our brothers and sisters, but all mankind. Subscribing to nationalism goes directly against this by putting one's own nation above all else. In fact, for this very reason, reason, I would say that the term Christian nationalist is a self defeating idea. How can we say that we have love if we are self seeking? How can we say we have love if we allow others to provoke us to anger? 1 Corinthians 13:4 sheds some light on this self-defeating nature of Christian nationalism. So, as a Christian, we all know chapter 13 of or er, 13:4 in 1 Corinthians. So, as a Christian, we're to be kept patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, no arrogance. Nationalists are self-seeking and they are boastful of one's own nation. These two terms, in their very essence, are very apo- opposites concerning the love they have. We are called... I also thought of another thing for this. It's, we are called to a specific battle. It's kind of a weird transition, I know. But um, in Ephesians six ten through 12... We are called to fight spiritual battles. As Paul states in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is not from this world. Jesus speaks of this idea in John 18 through 30, 18.36, saying, My kingdom is not of the world. If my kingdom were of the world, my servants would have, would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews but my kingdom is not from the world. Jesus' kingdom is in heaven, and it is there where he calls all of his disciples to place their citizenship. Perhaps Paul is the best example of how we are to answer this call. Didn't need to see that, Paul. Um, All right. So, denying our worldly citizenship. Um, definitely not going to read verses. <laughs> Philippians 3 2 through 9 um, lays out the differences of false circumcision and true circumcision. Um, Paul's testimony is in verses 5 through 6. And Paul uses himself as an example of what this looks like, listing all the things that he has done for the sake of the false circumcision. And we see his personal view or his personal gain in verse eight. Paul shows us how, as true as the true circumcision, we are to count all that worldly gain as trash and put no no confidence in it. Our confidence is instead in Christ. Philippians three eighteen through nineteen. Um, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and their glory, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. I believe this is exactly where nationalism falls. Because when we put too much faith in our nation, we override the commands which God has set in place for us. Um, so nationalism in response to religion. Um, Exodus twenty three through 4 um, that's the commandments. No other gods, no carved images. Um, nationalism at its very core is total devotion to one's nation over all else including God there can be no successful arguing or denying that this is not idolatry which God specifically forbids in terms of being accepted as his in Matthew six twenty four, we cannot wash up both God and our worldly nation along with this concept of religion like nationalism I mentioned how they have their own ritual songs okay we're going to skip that part So what does God want from us? I found this illustration, and I think it speaks volumes to that exact question. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. This picture seems to be the ultimate picture of what will one day be God's perfect unity Love, freedom and peace. While I believe this is what God wants from us as Christians, I do not think He says we can have a health, we can't have a healthy love for our nation. And, and he speaks of this in Jeremiah 9:7 and in Romans 13:1 through7. Um, so the bottom line is, don't lose sight of who God. Has called us to be as Christians, wholly devoted to God, treating all people the same, with the same love, honor, respect, and respect as He has shown us. Okay. Amen.